are listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And this week, we'll be discussing a topic that pretty much everyone has encountered some point in their love life, single or married, and that is the wonderful world of cheaters. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a TV show? The Wonderful World of Cheaters. Um, and the name of the book is Anatomy of a Cheater. The website is anatomyofacheater.com, very appropriate. And the author is Herschel Williams. So I'm going to bring him on, and we are going to find out all about the anatomy of a cheater. So welcome to the show. Hello, Lucia. Hey. Are we on a tape delay? <laughs> can, you hear, can you hear me? I can. Okay. I can hear you. Wonderful. Okay, good. This interview, we had trouble getting the PDF to me. I almost didn't... Uh, wasn't able to read it. <laughs> it's like the universe wanted to keep us from doing this interview, you know, because we're going to give away all the secrets. I don't know. We'll see. So um, Herschel Williams Jr. has a bachelor in business, a professional certification in human resources, a master's in business admin, but more importantly, a PhD in life experiences. His first book, Anatomy of a Cheater, is a culmination of travel, lessons learned, transgressions, and pain he caused and experienced. So... Okay, I guess I can pretty much guess. How did you come to write this book? But I'll, you know, I'll ask it anyway. Well, um, I took a, look, a long look back at my own life and said, okay, uh, why were you so, so successful with women? Why were you so successful with cheating? And as I aged and matured, I saw a need to put some information out there that would help others like myself who were serial cheaters, but more importantly, empower women to understand what they see and how to select different men as they see these type of things coming at them. So. Wonderful. Um, so I, I guess we'll call you a reformed cheater. <laughs> uh, it, I have been called that before, yes. Okay. I, and you've probably been called worse, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, what finally made you see the light? Well, uh, in my this is a three book trilogy. In the second book, at the end, you'll see exactly why I changed. Um, I've been told over the years that a cheater or a person that has any bad habits have to make a heartfelt change. Something serious has to happen to them for them to see things the way other people see them. And that's exactly what happened to me. Without giving away too much of the second book, I ran into a heartfelt change. Something that made me see. Wait a minute. 
you can't treat everybody the same way, and you must change and hopefully help others see exactly what you did to uh, have this type of empire of females around you. Right. Now, you said that every cheater has a traumatic story of hurt and pain, and this feeling is so deep that cheater promised himself never to feel this way again. So isn't that like a cop-out, like, oh, I feel bad, so, uh, you know, I'm going to cheat? No, not necessarily, Lucia. Uh, what happened for me it was early on when I was a young boy, I always realized that I wasn't the most attractive guy in the classroom or in the room, so I always had to find a different way to reach people. Well, with me, I did a lot of research. Even at that age, I knew that if I take one moment or took one moment longer than the next guy, then I could achieve my goal. As for me, in Chapter 4 of my book, I talk about how I met with um, a molestation of my own. Uh, I was molested by a much older lady. Now, mm-hmm. at that time, if a young man meet with molestation of a 30-year-old, 35-year-old, when he's 16 years old, most of the time that's looked at as a man scoring. Mm-hmm. But as I look back on that, it actually changed my life and altered the perception I had when it came to sex, relationships, and infidelity. So that's my traumatic experience, and I kept adding to those. And by the time I was 23 years old, I had been in relationships with married women who, in the beginning, never told me, hey, by the way, I'm married. I didn't find out too much later. You have to understand, I was a very young kid, in a sense, and they, these were much older ladies. So, mm-hmm. uh, Okay, so I didn't realize the traumatic story dealt with molestation. I thought maybe the traumatic story was about, you know, someone cheated on you or someone dumped you, and that led to cheating. <laughs> No, no. Uh, unfortunately, it was a much older lady. And, you know, uh, uh, along the way, I say that whenever you feel different experiences long before you should have, i.e. that young lady uh, molesting me, I was feeling things that I probably shouldn't have felt until I was late in my 20s or 30s. And so what it did was it gave me an advantage over the young ladies that I, I was dating at my age. So mm-hmm. I was way ahead of the game. And so it just continued to compound as life went through my 20s and through my 30s. And so subsequently at 40 years old, I look back now, and if you look at my book, there's two sections to it. Um, Anatomy of a Cheater is the book about my life from the time I was five years old to 23. But if you look at the key points, that's me speaking as a 40-year-old man, looking back and giving you my psychological analyzation of what it, exactly what I was going through at that time. Okay, so you said, you begin the book by saying to understand um, the anatomy of a cheater, you have to uh, understand the abnormal rationale of how men think. So what is this abnormal rationale? Well, just like the book, uh, Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus, we definitely think different. Whereas when a woman goes out to endure or go into the realm of cheating, she does it with her heart. And now I don't speak for all women. This is just a generalization. She goes out with her heart and her emotions Uh, closely tied to her sleeves, whereas a man, I've always said that when we cheat, for the most part, men cheat as if it's recreation. It's like taking a bike down from the hooks in your garage. You ride that bike around the corner a few times, and when you finish with that bike, you hang it back up until you're looking to use it again. You know, now we may ride that bike four or five times a day. I mean, I'm sorry, a week. But the lady, when she cheats emotionally, for the most part, she only does it maybe once or twice a month, if, if that much. So they are closely retired. Um, uh, it's closely tied to emotional cheating, whereas with us, it's just recreational. So I think men are just built differently. We can do what we do and then go to a sink and clean up and go home and still smile in someone's face, somebody's face. But when it comes to a woman, she's not built that way. You know, she, comes, she goes home and she's very emotional after that situation, and she tries to stay away from her spouse or significant other. 
Right. It's interesting you draw an analogy between riding a bike and having sex with a woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I can understand. I had heard the analogy of, you know, playing tennis. It's like, well, would you be upset if your man went to play tennis with someone else? No. Oh, well, then don't be upset if he cheats with someone else because it's the same thing to him. <laughs> That's pretty much how we look at it. And like I said, I hate to paint everyone with the same brush, but based on the research that I've had and I've done over the years, that's pretty much how we look at it. I mean, again, I don't say that for everyone, but for us, it's pretty much recreational. It's, it's, it's touch, it's feel, it's emotion, it's done. You know, whereas with a woman, she wants to talk about it and, and, and continue to relive that situation in a romantic aspect, whereas men, we just do it and we're done and we keep moving. So would you say that for men that cheating is always about the sex? I wouldn't say always about sex, but I will say it's about the uh, physical outward appearance of a woman. So it may not always be touched, but it does definitely has something to do with their outward appearance, yes. So it's like what happens? You're in a relationship or you're, you know, you're dating someone, and then you see someone else, and you're like, oh, I'd like to try that. Well, <clears throat> most men, I would say, don't set out to cheat. They may have something to go on in a relationship, whereas they turn over to their wife and they ask for love or uh, uh, some type of relationship, and she says, no, I'm not feeling it today. And if that goes on too many times in a relationship, then he starts to feel as if he's missing something. He's missing his recreational workout for the day. And so we go to work and we run into people that, that work with us, our secretary, our, uh, the lady down the hall, and she becomes a friend. In the back of our mind, she's very attractive from day one, but we don't really look at her that way until something at home triggers something inside of us. I'm not getting what I need at home. I'm not getting the affection that I need at home. So finally, uh, the stars and the clouds, they all line up, and before you know it, the lady down the, down the hall and you, you're having lunch or you're having a discussion, and somehow it, with men, it always turns sexual. We try something. We give her a tidbit. We say, oh, my God, that's a nice blouse. Or is, is that a lace bra? And if she lets you run with that, then you go on with it. And before you know it, you're somewhere having uh, sex lunch in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So, so you plant the seed, and if she you know, goes for it, then it's on. That is exactly right. And in, so, in some cases, depending on who you are, that seed is planted a lot earlier, and it's also fertilized. But if... In, in my case, I was always the guy that had a reserve role. I let the lady plant the seed in me. She would look at me and say, what is it about this guy that why won't he come after me? And so she started to feel you know, a, a little insecure about herself, and that, that was a way of breaking down her outward, her, her defense mechanism. And once I got to that point, it was always um, you know, a touchdown. We always scored. Yeah, in fact, I know that one of the tricks is – uh, that players use, I guess cheaters too, you know, when they meet someone and they're like, uh, say so they say to the woman, maybe even not, not even directly, but just from their actions, like, no, no, I don't want to have sex with you. No, are you kidding? Absolutely not. <laughs> that is exactly 100% correct. I mean, uh, a lot of men don't understand that, but if you wait one second longer for her to ask you, or for instance, in the back of my book, I want to say chapter 14, 15, somewhere around in there, I talk about my interactions with a young lady named Terry. Terry was a very attractive young lady, but she was also, um, I would say, country. She was, from, you know, not from the inner city. And I knew she thought, like most women thought, oh, he just met me to interact with me sexually. So you'll, t- you'll see in the book, I go through step by step of how it took a moment longer for me to interact with her. By the time we got to the bed sexually, she was already feeling bad about herself. She was very insecure. I always say, 
you show me a lady that's absolutely gorgeous, and I'll show you a lady who has very low self-esteem. And I'm not saying that in a, in a derogatory manner, but I'm saying that for someone who is going through a cheating life. You know, I could always pick out the ladies who were absolutely gorgeous but didn't feel quite secure about themselves. And so my mechanism or my, my, my goal in life was to take a moment longer and not ask them for sex or not do anything that would show a physical attraction. And by the time it did get there, she was feeling pretty bad about herself because this guy had even tried to kiss me or hold my hand. So it was, much, it was a much easier battle for me. So, And again... Anatomy of a cheater is not about how to. Right. It's about how I. And, and I'm actually pretty remorseful for it. So I use that as a platform to speak and say, this is exactly how I did it. I'm not asking that you do it this way. But if you're a woman and you can actually understand some of the terminology I use, you will see it a mile away before it gets to you. Okay, so let me, I, you know, I have to ask you this. Everyone's going to be wondering. You just said, okay, you can tell the gorgeous women who have low self-esteem. And by the way, not all gorgeous women have low self-esteem, <laughs> if I may speak for myself. Um, yes. And uh, so what are the signs? Well, uh, a woman that is absolutely gorgeous, she's looking for you to come at her right away like everybody else does. She has the autonomy to stand you guys away constantly. But if you're a guy in a crowd, say there's six of you, if you're the one that just takes a step back and let the other five go towards her, she, she really relishes the fact that she can say no to those five guys. But if you're number six and you just take it, you, you may know her in a work environment and you may not speak to her other than to say hi, but, you know, not the long stares or the gawks or when she looks back, you're looking at her butt go left to right. If you're the guy that can really hold back nine times out of ten, She's having a self-esteem issue with herself, and she's saying, why won't this guy talk to me? Everybody else will, but why haven't I had a chance to say no to him? That's when you know you're breaking down who she is. And again, I'm not here to say this is how you do things, but I will continue to answer your questions. Okay. Well, my question was actually, maybe I put it incorrectly, but like, how can you tell that she has low self-esteem? Well, I've always said if you show me a beautiful woman, I can show you someone who has self-esteem issues. Now, I'm not saying that all women are that way, but uh, basically she's always looking for the spotlight, always looking for the limelight. You know, she stays in the mirror. She can't pass a glass without looking at herself, you know. Um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I I hate to sound that way, but you can always spot them a mile away. And I'll give you another tidbit. If she's a model, if she's an actress or something, there's something going on with herself. You know, there's always a self-esteem hit because sometimes you see very, very attractive women with not so attractive men. Right. Well, th there's your Herschel. That's the guy that broke her down. And you're saying to yourself outside of looking in, wait a minute, what he's not hell? that attractive. How did he get her? <laughs> Yes. How dare he? So it's, it's definitely self-esteem issues. And so my book, Anatomy of a Cheater, we go into a lot of the psychology of how men think and how they go through life. Now, this book talks about how um, the early years, which means from the time I was five years old up until I was 23, the next book, which, we, which will be released pretty soon, will go from the time I was 23 and I'll go into my marriage years. So it's Anatomy of a Cheater, the marriage years. And basically, it's a lot stronger in language and uh, it's a bit more rated R than the first one. But okay. then the third one is my redemption, how I changed my life. And so if you just bear with me, there's definitely a method to my madness. I'm sure there is. So we have a trilogy. Um, yes. Okay, so since you're saying that uh, you know gorgeous women have low self-esteem, are you saying that less attractive women have high self-esteem? Uh, 
In some cases, it's so. Uh, I'll say to you, I'm a pretty average size guy. I'm about 205 pounds. And for years, I didn't date women that were uh, a plus size. And so about four or five years ago, I didn't. I met a lady who said, give me an opportunity and I'll show you. And this lady had the highest self-esteem I've ever seen in my life. And she was, I would venture to say, and I hope she's not listening, but I venture to say she was between 280, 300 pounds. And I gave her an opportunity and she was phenomenal. She rocked my world. And that changed my perception about women that were obese or women that were um, not so attractive. She had a, a much higher self-esteem than the supermodels I had been dating in the past or people that were, in my case, superficial to me and that I went after. So that changed my perspective about how people view themselves, you know, because I feel like your self-esteem comes from inside. Yeah. If, you, if you believe about yourself that you're one way or the other, then everyone else will see that and they'll walk with it, you know. Like I told you in my book, and I say right here, I wasn't the most attractive guy, but I was always the guy that went after, went after people that exceeded my expectations, well, yeah, I've seen your photo. I mean, you're not that bad. You're making yourself sound like, like you're hideous. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh -huh. um, okay, so you said in the book that you developed a plan to approach the opposite sex. So what do you mean by that? Well, basically, just as I, I've, as I have explained to you, my plan was to see the things that she saw as important, you know, romance, uh, flowers, or all the things that – that women actually key on and, and stay away from the things that she didn't. So I called it in my book an angle. An angle means, for the purpose of my book, something that she holds near and dear to her that most guys will miss. If you take a moment just to see what is it, you're not stalking her. You're just actually taking a look at what she likes. Say, for instance, you're in the same work environment and she likes her coffee one way or the other. Well, when she walks to the coffee uh, cooler one day, you already have her coffee prepared. And she says, oh, my God, you know, how did you know? Well, you've been very perceptive. And so most guys just go at her with her beauty, mm -hmm. for her beauty. Mm -hmm. But as a guy that's perceptive, you just, you know, you've made your way into her world by making a cup of coffee for her that's um, already prepared. And she says, wow, wasn't that sweet? You know, so it's just taking one moment longer to actually understand who she is. Now, we do this in all aspects of life, whether it's preparing for a football game of the opposite team, uh, whether it's going into a, a meeting, we're already prepared. Same premise when it comes to dating women. Alrighty. Hold on. <laughs> He's in a hotel and the alarm went off. Hello? Okay, I, I put him on silence. You guys can't hear him. Unfortunately, I hear him in my ear. What is that noise? Uh-oh. Do you have to... <laughs> All right, do you have to go out? Uh, I'm telling you, um, <laughs> the universe doesn't want this, <laughs> this interview <laughs> to go through lest we reveal something. I don't know. It's like... First, yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? I, I've put you on silent because if this goes over the air, it's going to kill everyone's ears. Um, so it's just me talking to myself, but I can hear him on the other line. Uh, can Okay, I won't be able to have you on as long as this alarm is on. So um, I'll just keep talking here. So, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so, like I think somehow we're not supposed to do this interview because first I had so much trouble getting the PDF from him. 
and uh, and now the alarm. How exciting! And I was just about to ask him a really juicy question. Um, let's see. Hey, Herschel. Oh, I think it's gone. No, it's still there. Okay. I am going to talk about. <laughs> it's always something, isn't it? I hope there's not a fire. I'm still here. Can are you still there? I mean, obviously you're still there. Duh. Okay. Okay, I can still hear the alarm though. Ugh. Uh, live radio. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, now you know it's live. We're not uh, we're not just making this up. Now I forgot where we were. Oh yeah, about the co the coffee. Okay, so you're making her the coffee. Got it. Okay. Now moving on <laughs> before the mm -hmm. next alarm goes off. Um, you said from the first encounter, a man knows what his intentions are with a woman. Can you so can you speak to that? Because a lot of women don't understand that. Well, I say that in normal situations of a man meeting a woman. When he first sees you, most women, most men are very physical in nature. Mm -hmm. So he sees you, he sizes you up, and he knows, I think, instantly what he feels with you, whether you're going to be a girlfriend that he's just going to play with, whether you're going to be a wife for the future, or someone he does not even find attractive. All right. There goes your alarm. Hey, I can hear your alarm. Okay, listen. Can you can I call you on your cell phone and can you like go outside? I can definitely do that. Okay, cuz this is going to keep happening possibly. So, um if you can go outside somewhere away from this hotel, I'll call you back in a few minutes on your cell. All right? Okay. Well, nothing like doing a two-parter. Luckily, I have a question that I can work on here in the meantime while he runs outside. <laughs> um, actually, if anybody wants to call in, the number here is 323-203-0815. If you have a question for him, I can certainly ask him. 323-203-0815 um, is the number to call in with your cheating questions or any other question you might have about any other thing. All right, let me program his number in here. And uh, this reminds me of the time, long, long time ago, when I first started the show and the uh, the guest disappeared. <laughs> and I had to uh, do the show by myself uh, with no guest. And luckily I had stuff to talk about, but it's not easy. But uh, So ever since then, I always have questions with me that I can ask and answer in case we have an emergency. So... Let's see what I can ask. Okay, I've been having an affair, speaking of cheating, um, with a guy for about six months. My problem is I allow myself to become obsessed with what he's doing when I'm not with him. I hate not feeling in control. I mean, I'm married, and he has every right to be with other women, but it really bothers me. Duh. <laughs> Double standard. How can I stop obsessing and get back in the driver's seat of this relationship? Um, so whenever someone is married especially and they write to me and they ask me a question like this I don't answer it because you know what it doesn't matter um, because you shouldn't be in this relationship in the first place not for moral reasons but well maybe for moral reasons but why not work on your marriage 
work on your marriage, do what you got to do to see if it's going to work. If not, then get out. In fact, one of the questions I'm going to ask my guest uh, is actually, you know, why cheat? Why not just leave? <laughs> to me, cheating is illogical. Unless you've painted yourself into a corner and you need to be there for um, financial reasons. Uh, okay, I'm not saying that's the reason to cheat. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I can understand people saying this, I can't leave right now because I'd be on the streets. It's like, all right, we don't want you on the streets. Uh, but I just think if there's an issue, then you deal with it. And if not, then just leave. <laughs> uh, all right, so let me try calling him. And hopefully that horrible alarm won't be there. I'll get his voicemail. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling the NBC Suites of Vanderbilt. This is Tim. How may I direct your call? Oh, I'm sorry. I called the wrong number. Darn it. I thought I called his cell. <laughs> okay. He's probably wondering where is she. Okay. And why did that song Instant Replay is playing in my head? Instant Replay. <laughs> We need an instant replay right now. Two, eight, seven, two, mm-hmm. Okay. He's probably wondering where I am. It's taken her so long to call back. <gasps> hey. Hey. We're back. Are we? Are we outside, away from the alarm? We are outside away from the alarm. Okay. Can you speak a little closer to your phone? Because I, I, you sound a bit distant. Okay. How am I now? That's much better. Not as good as the landline, but what are you going to do? Um, okay. We'll do the best we can. Yes, yes, we can. Okay. So moving right along. So had you finished answering, I had asked about from the first encounter, a man knows what his intentions are with a woman. That is correct. I, I truly feel hard that a man knows exactly what his intentions are when he meets you. His goal is to size you up and go from there. You know, he tells himself whether you're marriage material, whether you're somebody that he just plans on laying and playing with, or if you're someone that he, he plans on having a serious relationship with that may fall short of marriage. But from the time we meet you in a hotel lobby or the time we meet you in, a, in our work situation, we always know exactly what our intentions are for you. Got it. Um, now, do you... Do you think that once a cheater, always a cheater? I'm sorry? Yeah, do you think that once a cheater, always a cheater? No, I don't think that at all. I think that, uh, just like myself, you can become a reformed cheater. Uh, you just have to find it within yourself to do something different that will cause you to move in a positive direction instead of staying in a negative direction. So I do believe that everyone has change in them, and that's the premise behind my book, that uh, there actually is change inside of every man if you give them the opportunity and the fuel to do so. Now, what about this? And I was, just, I was talking about this while I was waiting for you to uh, get out of that hotel. Um, I mean, to me, like cheating is not logical in the sense that, you know, if you're not happy with the situation you're in, then why not move on? But I'm sure you have a different explanation. Well, for me, I, I honestly believe that men stay in relationships long enough to look for a new suitor. So uh, I have this saying, and my saying goes something like this. 
if you think about a chart, the chart says, A, there are no single men. B, if he tells you he's single, revert back to A. It's a cycle that's never ending because my, what I'm trying to say is every man has someone in their life. But you have to know the questions to ask the guy because he may think that he's in a relationship that is just physical. Whereas the girl is said to believe she's in a relationship that could be going somewhere. And as a man, you never really tell the truth until you're ready to divulge exactly who she is. So that's your question. Yeah. I honestly believe that <clears throat> there is change in all of us. Yes, there is always something different in each one of us. Okay. It's a little hard to hear you. Um, if you can. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Just talk, uh, talking to the phone as closely as possible. Uh, in fact, you, you do say that most men have a serious complex about being alone. This means that physically, emotionally, or mentally, they are normally tied to someone. Hence, they are never truly single. That is exactly how I feel. And that's, that's basically the analogy I just gave you. There is always something or someone in their lives yes. that, you know allow them to be close to someone. Right. Yeah, I always say there's, even if it's either an ex or someone that they're interested in, interested in someone that they're working on, uh, you know, very few people are free and clear. That is exactly right. I, I completely agree with you because, you know, men are creatures of habit and we really don't like being alone. Now, you may think that we are, we may show you that we are, but there's always someone who we have access to. Yes. And that's just my personal feeling. So that means that when he says that someone is just a friend, that we probably, if we have our suspicions, that we probably shouldn't believe him? Well, I won't say that you shouldn't believe him, but I, I would say dig a little bit deeper for a, a bit more clarity about the situation. So, for instance, if you meet a guy and you say to him, are you in a relationship? Do you have a girlfriend? He's quickly going to say to you, no. But did you ask him if he's sexually or physically involved with somebody? No. So when you go to his house and you, you sit on the couch and you, you pull out some lingerie by accident, and he says to you, oh, I'm sorry, that's my ex-girlfriend or that's my, my friend. And you say, well, I thought you weren't dating or you had a girlfriend. And he's going to say, I'm not. She's just somebody I'm physically involved with. Right. Right, exactly. So you have to ask the right questions. Yeah, so can you give us some signs then that someone may be cheating or is cheating? Yes, okay. In my seminars, people always say to me, uh, Mr. Anatomy, this guy that I was dating had three or four girlfriends. And the first thing I say to them is, you knew that. And they say, no, 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 I didn't. Well, a guy that's cheating, always is, he's always typically late to some, something. He has a tendency to cancel on you or... There's times that he's not available when he should be. For instance, a guy goes through his whole life and he's married. He comes home every day at 5 o'clock after work like clockwork. All of a sudden, he meets a young lady at work or he's cheating with his secretary, and things change. He makes a phone call home and he says, hey, honey, I'm running a little late, but I'll be there. Well, since this has never happened before, it's not a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So now, two or three times a week, he's working late. You think he's working on a big promotion. I think he's seeing someone else. So I say to a woman, when your routine changes in your personal relationship with your husband, significant other, boyfriend, or whatever you want to call him, then just kind of look a little bit deeper. I don't say accuse because I'm a guy that only deals in facts. So that means I have to dig a little bit deeper to make sure I'm accusing you of what's really going on. 
but just take a moment to see exactly what it is that's going on. For instance, if he tells you he's working late, and men are going to kill you for this, uh-huh. uh, get, in the pa- get in the car and drive up there and take him some dinner. Mm. You know, I had a boss that told me once, he said, Herschel, I, 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 I promise you, I trust you. But every now and then I have to verify that trust. And in the short term, it made me feel like he didn't trust me. But as I got older, I completely understood what he meant. He's saying that everybody, every now and then, may have a little distrust in them. So because I feel that way, I'm going to verify the trust every now and then. And his way of verifying trust was he would come into my city unannounced Mm -hmm. and come to my office without me knowing Mm -hmm. to make sure that I was doing what I was supposed to do at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's the same premise in a relationship. If you notice that time is getting away from you, and there is no possible way a man can date two and three women and still have a, a regular home life. So my, my point to that is he's giving you a clue somewhere, somehow. You're, you've just chosen to miss that clue. And so that's when people say to me, you know, I'm so distraught. I never thought my husband or I never thought my girlfriend would cheat on me. And the first thing I say is you saw a sign somewhere. You just chose to miss it. Yeah, exactly. In fact, you say that when a cheater is secretly pursuing another female that he's fond of, um, the lady questioning his antics should never expect a straight answer about intimacy with another female. And, you know, I, I totally agree. It's like, I don't care. What, obviously, if I say, are you cheating or are you interested in her, you're probably going to say no. So I'm not going to ask you. Yeah. It's, like I said, you, a, a lot of men, for me, during, during my, most, my heavy cheating years, I, I was pretty honest, but... The lady would have to know what question to ask me. And you know how men are. We're extremely evasive, extremely uh-huh. evasive. So we're not, going to ask, we're not going to give you information that you didn't ask us for. Right. So, you know, uh, I think one time a woman asked me, uh, a friend of mine saw you at a restaurant with a young lady. And I said, really? And uh, what, what else did she tell you? Well, she continued to tell me everything that the lady had told her, <laughs> which left me not in, not much information to fill in. Right. And I said, oh, yeah, I was there. You know, that was me. You know, did I, did I say to you I was cheating? No. I just said, yeah, that was me. You know, we were in a public situation, and you, you have no idea because you weren't there. You don't know how intimate the situation was. And so as a professional cheater, you know, when to sit across from someone and not sit next to them. Right. You know, it's more of a business lunch <laughs> than it is an intimate lunch. So, I mean, men go through all of these different changes. They completely understand what they're giving off. I know. Whenever I walk into, like, a really dark restaurant with someone, I, my joke is always, this is a good place to have an affair. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, because you, you ask the hostess when she seats you, uh, can I have a booth in the corner in the back? Okay. <laughs> um, okay, now you also said um, if you, speaking to women, if you have shown stars in your eyes for him, he knows he has you. So what are some ways that women show that they're into a guy? Uh, just by being there for him. You know, uh, you're, you're concerned with his feelings. You're concerned with his emotions. You know, uh, he comes home from work. You have his backwater already run. You have his favorite slippers. You have his favorite meal. Just a man knows exactly what he can get away with. And, you know, I didn't think this interview was going to be about this, but hey, this is actually pretty fun. So okay. I'll go on to say that <clears throat> a man just knows that he always has one screw up. And what I mean by that, I mean, I'm expanding your question and the answer is what I'm saying to you is if a guy is dating someone, and she's pretty much into him, 
he comes across another lady that he's about to start cheating with. He can cheat as long as he wants to until he gets caught. Because he's due, and I'm sorry. You know what? It just got away from me. Uh, it wasn't supposed to happen. I completely, I'm, I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. If she loves him and she's had stars in her eyes for him for a very long time, she is going to forgive him. Remember, our wedding vows say for better or for worse. Who's to say what that worst is? And most men know their spouse, significant other. They know that, okay, if I get caught in this situation, she's going to forgive me. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have a short, a short leash in a sense that we can actually pull a little bit, a little elasticity. Uh-huh. So you're testing the boundaries. You know, okay, I, I can cheat once and get caught, but then I, I better not do it a second time, or I better not get caught a second time. I better not get, I like I like the second way you said it. I better not get caught the second time. <laughs> like, yeah, because I know how men think. They're going to do it again. That's exactly uh, right. If they do it again and they do it multiple times but and their wife or significant other still loves them, then you become that guy who says, I'm so sorry. I have a problem. I'm addicted to cheating. You know, right. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Well, then, you think the woman, should, when if a guy cheats, that she should just leave the first time and not give him another, a chance? No, I don't think that at all. I don't think a woman should ever leave a situation that she, that she is comfortable in. But I do say my key is to communicate. I'm also a life coach, and as my other life coach, when people come to me and have infidelity issues, I ask them how their communication is in their relationship. No, she should never just up and leave because, in essence, she's hurting herself as well. You know, she loves this guy. She's made this guy the center of her world. The reason he's cheating is something's going on in the relationship that's not keeping him home. So how about sitting down, you know, whether it's with a counselor or a life coach or with one another, one-on-one, and just say, okay, you went out there and you cheated. Tell me, what did you get from that situation? Is it just because she was beautiful? Is it just because, you know, um, it was something that was daring? What can I recreate in our bedroom that keeps you home? And he'll say, wow, you really want to? That communication factor is very important. Very important. Okay. Uh, now, you said something here I didn't quite understand, so I'm sure you'll explain it. You said, when a man starts to interact with women with any degree of frequency, the relationship or encounter takes on less and less importance in the grand scheme of things. What do you mean by that? I'm, I'm sorry. I missed that last part. It takes on less and less. Did you say importance? Importance in the grand scheme of things. Because if, and I'm, I'm speaking of in a cheating situation, the more a guy knows you, the more he has you. The more he has you, the more comfortable he becomes. And so in the very beginning, he has to be on his P's and Q's. He has to be dead set right. But as he gets to know you and time goes on, men are pretty bright in what they do. Women are always thinking that you guys know us and you know what our patterns are and what we will do. Well, men are much better than that, much smarter than that. So what he's saying, what I'm saying in essence is the more we know you, the more we are to try or stretch our boundaries. We're back to that again. And so the relationship, as far as a cheater, unless you're planning on leaving home and starting a new relationship with a new lady, that cheating source, she's not that important. She just becomes a physical uh, specimen you're playing with or you're riding that bike again. You're going to put that bike back up on the hook when, until it's time to use again, unless you have a different idea of what you're trying to achieve in that relationship. I hope that answers your question. 
Uh, okay, okay, got it. Now, what about, do you think, do you agree that if you cheat once and you decide that you'll never do it again, that there's no point in telling your partner that you cheated? Now, that's a question that I've been asked a thousand times, <laughs> and a thousand times I say, you know, that's a case-by-case situation. Um, if I if I was a cheater who cheated once by accident, and it wasn't, I say by accident, I know how that happened. Yeah, it happened. If yeah. I say that I cheated once, and for whatever reason it happened, and it's not an ongoing thing, I can say yes, I would not for... I would not advise someone to share that with a significant other because there's going to be a huge lot of questions as to how this happened. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something to, you know, myself, in, in, in the way I live today, I would share it with my significant other. However, if you're not as experienced as I am and you, you don't think you can actually get the relationship back on track, I would suggest you not do it. Uh, honestly, in my walk today, I don't feel I'll ever cheat again. You know, I never say never, but my goal 100% is to always be faithful to the young lady that I'm going to be with here forward. Wow. So even today, you still can't say, I mean, you said never say never. So, I mean, like you're not 100% sure that you would never cheat? Again, I never say never. My goal is to 100% never cheat again. I say if I cheat again, castrate me. But you never know. You never know. You never know what this life will bring. But I'm telling you. Today, as a 41-year-old man, my goal is never to do it again. It's, it's to respect the young lady that oh, I give my life oh, to, no. give my world to. So when I get married, I want to say this one is for keeps. That sounds like a possibility that you might cheat because it's like, like speaking for myself, I know I would never cheat. So I can say 100%, I will never cheat. <laughs> okay, but Lucia, what happens if you do? What do you say to yourself then? Oh, my God, I just want to get to my own moral. I just don't believe, I I I don't believe in this life that I'll ever do it again because I think I've done it enough for me and a hundred other guys. And I don't reserve the right to say that yet Herschel wants to do it later in life. But my book, Anatomy of a Cheater, is my my confession. Mm. It's my cleansing of my soul. I never want to take anyone else down the road that I did. I feel like if I have to cheat again, I don't want to be in that relationship. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Right, exactly. Um, Okay, now you said something very interesting. Well, you said a lot of interesting things in the book, but you also said men are often vulnerable and shallow but hide their feelings behind a tough exterior that you rarely ever see. So can you please explain that? I can definitely explain that. Men are just as romantic as you guys are. We're just as challenged as you are to stay in the right relationship and be with the right woman. However, we don't want to show our vulnerability. We don't want to show that we can cry. We don't want to show that we can actually be hurt. And so we actually cry in the car by ourselves, or we actually cry when it's dark, because we really, really love you, but we don't want to show you that we're not as tough as we we should be or we should appear. I say to men, reverse that trend. Be as vulnerable as your young lady is or your opposite person. If she's vulnerable and she loves you, be the exact same way that she is, because then you show clarity for one another. You show open communication. You know, don't hide behind who you are. Don't be afraid. Don't cry in the car like I used to. You know, cry in front of her. Allow her to know that you hurt or something that you, she's done to you um, hurt, hurt you. Because if you do, she'll respect you that much more. And it's also, she'll know that you have a soft side. 
Right, and it's also very uh, attractive and endearing um, when you do. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Right, but but don't use it as a weapon. Don't cry just to, to manipulate someone. No, not at all. Please don't do that. I mean, <laughs> basically, just be who you are. If you're a guy that is sensitive and that's romantic and likes the five things in life, or it comes to romance, well, then do it. Don't don't always. On my website, my website is www.anatomyofashita.com. There's something called herschelisms, and it's 10 steps to, to have a fruitful relationship in the 21st century. Now, they're a bit unorthodox, but they are all tested and tried in this world that we live in today. And one of them is, don't be afraid to try something different. Uh, number four says, don't let infidelity shock you. I'm not telling you that every man in this world would cheat, but if it happens, don't let it shock you. You know, I, I know just like Joe Petraeus mm-hmm. or people that have up the ladder, when we see that they've done something wrong, we're so quick to judge them. But they're regular people just like we are. They put their, they put their pants on one leg at a time just like us. So give them a pass and say, you know what, they're human. You know, don't let infidelity literally ruin your life where you go into an asylum and never come out. You know, expect the unexpected. You know, is it really natural to say that you get married at 18 years old and by the time you're 70, you'll never indulge with anyone else? You know, we'd like to believe that, but is it entirely possible? I'd say not. So make sure when you do make a commitment to marry somebody or be in a committed relationship, you're ready to do that. But if something happens that kind of derails your effort, be man enough or woman enough to talk about it with your spouse. Right. I totally agree. And speaking of General Petraeus, it's like, you know, if he's the head of the CIA uh, and he can't get away with it, then how the heck does anybody else expect to get away with it? Yeah, that is exactly right. That, that is a funny way of looking at it. That's exactly right. So why do we as a society frown so much on infidelity if it continues to happen around us? This has been happening since the beginning of time. Now, again, I don't condone cheating, but I do recognize that it happens. And I do believe that once a man gets to a certain point in his life, like I have reached, then it's not as important to cheat the way it used to be. You know, you just find other ways to be committed. Right. So you just mentioned your website, anatomyofacheater.com, and you've got a lot going on on that website. So you mentioned the Herschelisms, and what other uh, things do you have to offer on that site? Well, on my website, I also have to offer my life coaching, which it's a separate website, but you can also get through it, get to it from my website. It's www.anatomylifecoaching.com. And if you're looking for some intriguing reading, go through my website or go to www.theanatomyofacheater.blogspot.com, and that's my blog site where we actually talk to real-life people and give them insight as to what's going on in their everyday life. So our goal is to make sure that they're, they're, uh, that there's a platform to speak on so mm-hmm. people will know that there is help for you if you actually get yourself in a cheating situation. Wonderful. That's, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I hope the hotel is still there and hasn't burned down when you get back. I'm actually standing outside in the garage attached to the hotel. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that there was a problem, but, I mean, I saw a bunch of uh, fire trucks go by. I've never been through so much 
in an interview as I've talked to in this one. It definitely tells you that it's definitely live. But, you okay. know, you're so professional, Lucia. We got through it. And so Absolutely. I hope that I can actually come back on and try this again soon. Yes, when you do your second book, we'll have you back on. How's that? I definitely appreciate it. I'll do that. All right. Well, thank you so much, and happy holidays, and take care. And thank you, and uh, Merry Christmas to you as well. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Woo. <laughs> well, I apologize for the sound of that second part of the uh, call, second part of the show, but you know how cell, hey, blame uh, his cell phone company, not me. <laughs> but I knew that alarm might keep going off, and that was going to be a pain. So I had to make a quick decision, an executive decision, as they call it, and that was my decision. Plus, you know, I was in the Army. <laughs> Speaking of General Petraeus, I know how to take charge. When something happens, it's like I jump into action. It's like, all right. You go there, you go there, you do this, you do that, follow me, and we'll get through this. Okay. <laughs> my my website is theartoflove.net, where you can sign up for my newsletter, and I have a lot of other things going on there, so just go check it out. I also have a book at lessonsoflove.net, and the name of that book is Lucia's Lessons of Love, and you can actually get a free excerpt at that website, lessonsoflove.net. And then for the guys, also known as cubs, the younger men who are interested in older women, I have an MP3, a recording called How to Catch a Cougar.net. And yes, there's also a free snippet on that site where you can listen to part of the MP3 to see if you would like to purchase it or not. So thank you so much for joining me today. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.